what giants do I need to slay today so that mm. they don't ever have to see it anymore? I'm going to just yeah. be very honest and frank. Like, my thing is I want to conquer and slay the giant of racism today so that yeah. my generation, that, so that the generations coming after me will never see it. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want, I'm sorry, I'm not about to get emotional. As we dive back into ATAP's greatest hits, it's impossible to ignore Joe Barnes. Um, when Joe originally agreed to be on the show, it blew my mind because like the whole month or two leading up to that, I had pretty much had his song Promises on repeat in my office. And most of the guys that I work with did too. And I think I say this to Joe in the interview, but um, I can remember the moment where I heard his his voice sing the words faithful through the ages before the song really gets going. And so had to have him on the show, worked really hard to make it happen, and it didn't disappoint. And not only did it not disappoint uh, me, but it didn't disappoint a lot of people because this is really one of our first big episodes where we saw a lot of people listen. And it's a testament to just how big Maverick City was at the time and how much people loved that song. But what's really cool is in just over a year, because I think this episode dropped originally in October of 2020, Maverick City uh, has become like even bigger somehow than it was back then, which has been awesome to see. Um, if you don't follow Joe on Instagram and on social media, um, you need to go follow him because it's cool to see like somebody just you know, become more and more well-known. But as you're going to hear in this episode of the ATAP podcast, um, Joe is just like a super humble, unassuming guy who just genuinely loves Jesus and it bleeds through when he sings. And so um, I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you hadn't listened to it yet, uh, maybe because you're like a newer listener and you hadn't scrolled that far down Spotify, um, I think that you're going to be really uh, pleased with just how fun of an episode this is um you hear me and joe laugh at the very beginning i had done a little bit of uh, research on him that surprised him and that got the interview started off in a really fun way um but really more than that i just love hearing his heart and i think that, i think in him we see quite a bit of the heart of the movement behind maverick city and songs like promises and like so many other songs now that he's been a part of since he was on this show too uh it's, it's amazing what the lord's done in just a just a short year so uh, I hope that you enjoy this old episode, and if you're confused about why are we posting old episodes, it's because we are uh, in the midst of a hiatus right now, uh, reprogramming, getting kind of reset for the ATAP podcast and Basecamp to come back full strength in December, probably mid-December. And so in the meantime, um, enjoy the amazing guests that we've been privileged to have because they deserve a second listen. Um, I don't typically go back and listen to episodes, but I'm specifically picking some episodes for this hiatus that, uh, that I like personally just thought, Hey, wow, how amazing was that? And there's more episodes to come. I just finished an interview with, uh, pastor Ray Ortland and ended that episode remembering why I started a podcast because I get to talk to these amazing people who, uh, I think more and more Christians need to hear. And so today's one of them though, uh, our Christian thinker for this week, well known as the singer and writer of promises for Maverick city, Joe Barnes. Let's do it. My next guest wrote and performed the Maverick city music single promises 
which sits right now at 14 million views on YouTube and is nominated for a Dove Award. He currently lives in Atlanta, where he is loving Jesus, honey buns, brown sugar Pop-Tarts, Fiji water, but he's one of the most laid-back guys I've ever seen, though, so intros like this will probably drive him crazy. So I'm going to take mercy on my brother and just let you know it's my honor to have on the show today, Joe Barnes. Joe, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, man, thank you for having me. First of all, I want to acknowledge the fact that you know all those details about me because... (laughs) nobody knows that except for like my close friends bro i'm you, uh, <laughs> don't worry man don't worry i i do i do some research for this show yo yo like the fact that you know i love honey buns brown sugar uh pop tarts and like pg water is a phenomenal and like introductions make me cringy because it's like i don't like I being tell. like celebrated bro, i know so like so I, I obviously i watch your videos and i mean i'm i love i love maverick city I, I told you that before we came on, but I love Maverick City. So I follow you and all the guys on Instagram. And I just, and it's true for you, Dante, Chandler Moore, Naomi, just the whole crew. It's like, I've never seen, and I'm not just saying this to whatever, you know, I mean, I've never seen a group of more gifted and anointed people who shy away from the spotlight as much as you guys. And so um, when I started putting together that intro, I was like, he's going to hate this. He's gonna oh, my God. <laughs> But, uh, but no, so yeah, but I'm a, I'm a, you know, my, my wife's big into Enneagram. She tells me I'm a top oh, five. I'm a nine wing eight. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. So I'm a five. Mm-hmm. So I got to know everything. So, uh, I got to know everything, but, um, uh, but no, yeah. So, uh, but we worked hard to make this happen and, uh, I'm, I'm super appreciative of your time and I know you've been traveling, recording. What, what have you been up to recently that, that we should be excited about or that you're excited um, about? Man, I think for me, like, I've just been kind of hanging out mostly. I, mean, I do stuff here and there. But, like, I, I, I've been working with my friend Carrington Gaines and um, his uh, church in, is in uh, Rockford, Illinois. It's, like, right outside of Chicago. They have um, – they're working on a project right now. And, man, the songs that have been coming out of it have been phenomenal. Like, I'm so excited about these records. Um I think I'm probably going to do a Mav, the Mav bubble um, in a couple of weeks, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, the writing camp? Mm-hmm. There's, we're having a camp, but it's like a bubble, so everybody has to quarantine for a certain yeah. amount of days before we even go yeah. in. We got to have COVID tests before we even get into the bubble. We got to bring a negative COVID test and all of that. So it's just all these things to make sure that everybody is safe. We'll be, like, writing in rooms, but it'll be, like, we're basically writing from across the room, everybody being in their own, like, sections. Like, yeah. it's just this whole thing, but. I don't know. I'm just excited about that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, so uh, Maverick City Music Volume 3 Part 2 came out, I think, last week. Um, I don't think – did you – you didn't have any songs on that, on that, did you? I didn't record any. I wrote some songs. I didn't record any on that one, no. Oh, dude. Okay. Well, that's a shame, man. Uh, uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I wrote uh, Be Praised and God of Midnight. Um, both of those are Aaron Moses' songs. Goodness gracious. Oh, dude, he's so, he's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just get into it. Cause I have notes and everything, but how on earth does tribal Maverick city get all of those talented people in that room for those videos? I mean, having Dante and you and Chandler Moore and KJ and I mean, the list goes on. Like how, how, how do they, how do they do that? Is it just like everybody wants to be a part of that vision? And so they'll just come in from around the country to be in that room and sing those songs. 
Um, that's a good question. I think, like, for me, like, my first camp, I, sn I snuck, I was snuck in. Like, I wasn't, because at first, <laughs> yeah. the Maverick City camps were, like, really invitation only. Mm -hmm. So, um, me and Dante have been friends since, like, my, uh, our EJM days. And yeah. So when Dante got his invites and started like going on a regular, he kind of just like snuck me in to my yeah. first camp, like uh, June of 2019. Mm -hmm. I wasn't supposed to be there. So from then on, the first record that me and Carrington and a few of my friends wrote was Promises. Yeah. So when Tony heard it before we ever recorded anything, he was like, okay, I trust you. You, you yeah. guys can go to any. So it's like, I started getting my own invitations after that. But yeah. um, I think like he just sends out an invite, like, hey, we're just going to get together. We're gonna write some songs. Um, there's a potential that the songs will be placed, but really yeah. we just wanna to get together and love on Jesus together, regardless of mm -hmm. denomination or regardless of all of these different barriers yeah. and all that. Like we're just gonna get in a room, we're gonna go after what like go after the Lord and then whatever comes out of it comes out of it. And yeah. I think most people that love worship, love songwriting, love everything, just kinda of like like, well, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. You can just get with other people and just like worship together, sign me up. Yeah. And it's just like there's cameras running and thank goodness for that for all of us on the outside of the room. So, um, but we'll, we'll definitely talk about Maverick City, but I really want to talk about you um, because when I heard Promises, um, so the first lines, you know, the drums come in, the bass comes in, and then you say, you sing Faithful Through the Ages. And I remember, I don't even know, I mean, YouTube just popped it up. And when I heard you sing that, I mean, it caught my attention. And I have a, one of the pastors I work with is a huge Dante Bow fan. And, and he's mm -hmm. been listening to Dante for years. And I've always said about Dante that he preaches when he sings better than most preachers. And uh, like when I hear Take Me Back, it sounds like a sermon. Oh my and God. It, I mean, it's insane. And as I get older, more and more, that song, Take Me Back, just kills me. But, oh man. But, but you, sing, you, you sing like Dante to me. And when I heard that, I was like, who is this guy who is this guy and i think a lot of people want to know that and so so i know for you your mom was a choir director and you started writing songs when you were 16 which is i mean pretty young and i've heard you say that you don't set out to write songs about a certain topic um, but when you feel it you just sit down and start writing so tell me as best as you can what does it feel like what is it that causes you to say i can sit down and write these words um, whether it be promises, um, consume me, any of these other ones that you've written, what does it feel like? Um, for me, it's, it, it, it varies. So there are, there are some days that it feels like I'm inspired by what I have seen. Like I might've watched an old movie and they said something that stuck out to me. Like they are, um, they might've said something that I'm just like, wow, that sounds like something that I'm dealing with or I've been through and it just then my mind takes a nosedive into the, all of the different concepts that line and like link up with like that statement. Like uh, here recently I'm watching the TV show. Um, not going to mention it, but in this, in this, in the, in the TV show, um, one of the lines was we are all guilty of monstrous things, but that does not make us monsters. We can be the beautiful people that we see in each other. We just have to choose to be. And then it just sent me on this journey of like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we are, we're not perfect, but that does not make us monsters. It does not make us bad people. And it's like, we have the choice to, to choose from this day forward to be good people. We have the choice to be good people. We have the choice to see the good in, in, in other people that everybody else chooses to ignore. Like side note, like I posted a video, uh, this small clip of Kanye on my Instagram yeah. like yesterday. And he was talking about like how people say, I feel close to God when I'm on a mountain. 
But he's like, but me personally, I feel closer to God when I'm on my knees talking to my children. Mm. Like, and I'm like, that's a, an amazing like concept. Cause yeah. really closeness, proximity to God is found in communion. It's found in family. It's found in this, not like all the other things that we think, but someone commented and was just like, how can you post this man when all of the monstrous things he's done, all of the things he's done, this, that, and third. I'm like, it breaks my heart that you can't hear the beauty in what he's saying because you don't like the mouth that it's coming out of. Yeah. Yeah. That's so unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like to me, it's almost like I kind of picture you like a sponge. Would you say like for that creative process that the Lord works through you, like you have to be engaged with the world. You have to be engaged with TV. I know you're a big reader. Um, it, it's kind of like if you were stuck inside the church all the time and were never really exposed to culture and the things of the world going on around us, would it be hard for you to, to write songs? Do you feel like you need to have that creative juice flowing from being engaged a lot? Um, maybe, I don't know. Like I've, I think for me, like when it comes to like creating, like I'm trying to answer the actual question because I feel like we just took a <laughs> nosedive return to something. So like, as far as like answering the question of like, um, where it all starts. It's just like, it's so many different things about like that kind of get the creative juices flowing. So it's, I could be out and about like having a conversation with a person and we're talking about something and it sparks something in me or I could be um, thinking about something that I've like, I've been dealing with as far as like writing and all of that. Like when we wrote Promises, we were all, I was just like, we were sitting and having a conversation before we wrote any lyrics. And I was just talking to him like, I feel like this is where I am. Like I'm ready to see the promises of God that he made to me years ago. Yeah. And I haven't seen them yet. And it's just like, I'm so ready to see them. But mm -hmm. in the meantime, while I'm waiting, what is something that I would sing that would encourage me to keep going instead of giving up right here? Mm -hmm. Instead of stopping where I am and throwing in a towel, what is something that I would be able to sing to myself to, to help me carry over? And it's just like, I mean, you've been faithful before. You've been faithful to, to Abraham. That's the reason why I mentioned Abraham's name. You were faithful to Moses. You were faithful to Daniel. You were faithful to Job and, and, and Joshua. So why wouldn't you be faithful to me? You were faithful to my mother. Mm. So why wouldn't you be faithful to me? You'll be faithful to me and to my children and my grandchildren and all that other stuff. That's the whole concept of faithful yeah. through the ages. Like, it's, you're not going to stop being faithful. Your faithfulness isn't going to run out today or tomorrow or whenever. It's, like, going to continue on. Um, but now in hindsight, I wish I would have, you know, wrote it from a, like a different place because now my perspective on the promises of God is even if I never see it, I'll say yes to the path because it might not be made manifest in my, in my time frame, but it'll be made manifest in the lives of my children or my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I'll say yes to the obscure path so that they can see and walk in the, in the abundance of the promise. But mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, my mind just kind of like takes nose dives into the well, other places. No, I mean, so like the reason why I wanted to have you on the show, not just because I love your voice and love the music, but the idea behind all things, all people is the idea of like raising up generations of, of Christian thinkers. And I think too often people think Christian thinkers are people who write books or teach college courses. But when I hear you and what's going on in Maverick City and the lyrics that are coming out, I go, this is thinking. I mean, this is truly some theology stuff that it far transcends like anything that could be taught in a class. And so, but ultimately it, it comes from the heart. But what I find interesting about you and in that whole crew is um, all of a sudden success is coming, right? So Maverick city, like I, I posted a video a couple weeks ago because I was driving in my truck and man, if your word came on Christian radio and I was like, did not see that coming, you know? And so, um, 
I, I, you said one time talking about, I think you were talking about things you learned when you were with uh, EJM or Eddie James ministry. Um, you said you learned that we are all one worship team leading worship for an audience of one God. Um, so now that you guys are, you're experiencing a lot more success. Um, you're recording with people who are very notable. Your, your talents that God has given you are becoming very popular. What keeps you humble and grounded even as songs you're writing have climbed the charts, you're getting you know, nominated for awards and, and, and your songs, man, your songs are being sung by more and more Christians every week in their churches and in their, their youth groups and things like that. So what keeps you grounded in the midst of all that? Um, a few things, actually. A few things keep me grounded. One, I have a spiritual father that I, I answer to. One, I answer to the Lord. But two, I answer to my spiritual father. And I'm like, I keep my family and my friends close to me that I started all of this with to keep me in, and I give them the green light to always check me if I ever get ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. But on a personal level, like just me in a room by myself, I think to myself, I don't ever want it to be said of me that I've, I, that when success came, I changed or I switched mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always wanted to be the same guy all the way around. If I grow, I grow in a positive way as far as the way that I think, my perspective on the world, the way that I treat people. Like I always want to treat people with the level of respect and value and honor. I want them to feel important when they talk to me. Um, just all of that stuff keeps me grounded. On a more practical level, level, I, I strategically do things to keep myself grounded, like going home to visit my mother and mm-hmm. cutting her grass. Yeah. I go home and I wash dishes. I go home to visit my mom and I take the trash out. I do all of the things that make it like, it doesn't matter how big songs get or my yeah. name ever gets or any of that stuff. Like I want them to know that I'm going to be the same guy all the way around mm. every day of the week. Like what you see is what you get. Like I'm going to love you the same. Like the only difference between me a year ago and me now is that I wrote a song that a lot of people are singing now. That's yeah. the only difference. Like, um, I yeah. learned a little bit more. I have a spiritual father that like constantly is on my case. Like, Hey, mm. listen, I love you, but I want you to be a good man that becomes a good husband and a good father more than mm-hmm. I want you to be successful to the world and yeah. all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. and I strategically put that stuff around me because I'm just like, mm, I don't want to lose mm-hmm. myself in the thick of all of this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Success is a very tricky thing because I, th- I think in, in my head, when I hear, when I see people gain success, there are a lot of people like, oh, you changed. I'm like, no, they didn't necessarily change. It's just that, um, did we cut out? No, you're good. Okay, cool. Um, they didn't necessarily change. I think that success didn't change them. It just revealed what was already there, what was mm-hmm. underneath the surface that we couldn't see. If a person is full of themselves or arrogant or gets the big head, it's because it was already there. Success mm-hmm. was the key element that revealed it though. We wouldn't have seen it any other way. It's easy yeah. to be humble when you don't have anything, but when you have everything, then we'll yeah. see if you really walk in humility. Yeah. Well, dude, and, and I've, I've heard you say stuff like that before. And that's why, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm an admirer of you and what you guys are doing, but also, so this new thing that you, okay. So me personally, right. We don't know each other really hard. We, we, we just started talking like 10 minutes ago, but yep you started doing like a songwriting class like last week through zoom mm-hmm. on Instagram in the response from what I could tell was awesome. People, you know, battling to get into that class. And I don't know if you're planning on doing any more, but I know you did one. Um, so what is your major piece of advice then? So that's the gush that, you know, you're the outpouring your heart is, Hey, I don't want fame to change me. I don't want fame to show who I really am or, you know, show that I'm different than what I've put out. And I believe that you've that, that, 
that test has shown that you, you haven't been changed. So that's why I like the idea of young songwriters taking your classes and for you being part of uh, raising up that next generation of worship leaders, even though, you know, at your age, I mean, it would be completely excusable for you to be focused on just yourself. You're already investing in others. What's like the one major piece of advice that you're giving to young songwriters now, whether they play an instrument or not, whether they're, they're, you know, the peer, the person singing the song, what's the one piece of advice that you're centering on right now with this next generation of Christian songwriters? As far as like the career side or as far as the personal side, like, because yeah. I have different advice for different, for different sides. <laughs> well, especially like for somebody who says, I want to sit down and write songs for the Lord, you know, and cause I know, you, you know, promises came from a very real place for you. Um, you know, so what's, what's that piece of advice or what's pieces of advice that you're giving to young people right now who are saying, I just want to sit down and please Jesus with my songs. Live a life of conviction, write from conviction, song, worship, writing songs, writing worship songs. Worship was never supposed to be an industry. It was always supposed mm-hmm. to be a priesthood. So always live a life of that is, um, that is fanning the flame of that. That's mm-hmm. what I would give advice to. Like, yeah. I understand like whenever we get into a room in a math camp, we write songs that even if it never goes past that room, mm-hmm. we're writing because look, this is what God might just want to say to us for in this room. Yeah. And this is, this is the concept or this is where we are. And we're going to write something that is pleasing and blessing to his heart, even if it never goes anywhere, because that's the, that's the goal. Mm-hmm. It's a priesthood. Yeah. And sometimes that there are songs that we might, that you might hear tomorrow that were literally birthed in a place four years ago, six years ago, mm-hmm. because we decided to keep the song sacred. And like, it's just going to be like for this, this uh, group right here, here and now, because I don't know, man, like releasing songs is very tricky because mm-hmm. like some people release records for the monetary gain. And I understand you have to do the business side once you release the record, but that should not be the main focus when you're writing a record or releasing a record. It should mm-hmm. be because somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this to get through their season of depression. Somebody needs to hear this to lift them out of their dark spaces. Somebody needs to hear this so that they don't give up. Somebody needs to hear this so that they don't drift away from the Lord. Because we are all one text message, one phone call, one conversation, one bad thing from happening in our lives, from just looking at the Lord and walking away from him. Like Christine Kane said, it takes nothing to drift and it takes everything to hold on to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So somebody needs these records in order to, to like bring hope or reignite hope in their hearts. So yeah. The one thing I would say is like write from the priestly conviction mm-hmm. as a songwriter, as a psalmist, as a whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one advice that I would give to them yeah. as far as like writing songs, as far as practically get joined to a spiritual father, get joined yeah. to a family, get joined to people that are going to one, hold you accountable, but two, be concerned about how you live your life behind closed doors. Yeah. Mm. I have a, I have a friend who's, in leadership at uh international house of prayer in kansas City. yeah um i had a feeling you you'd probably be a fan but uh so and i mean we love we love ihop and i know that some of my listeners probably don't like ihop but that's fine but uh so but i I was telling him one time i was like man you guys have all these choruses coming out in the prayer room and they you know like they never leave the prayer room you know, and I'm like, some of these musicians at IHOP, just like Maverick City, some of the people who you guys have singing around you are phenomenally gifted in their own right. And I'm like, man, don't you ever feel like you're wasting it? Don't you ever feel like these, these songs, these courses need to get cut? And he said, we are okay wasting it at the feet of Jesus. 
Yeah, man. You know, and, and I, I see that, I see that in you guys too. I see that same heart being raised up. That it's like, if this chorus never leaves this room, but the Lord is pleased by it, we're fine with that. And if we never make a dollar off of it, you know, yeah. so, so is that, is that that heart that you guys have in that room that you're sharing with each other? Yeah, man, because that's the, that's the posture of the alabaster box. It's like, I will waste it all mm. at the feet of Jesus. And then it's just like, cause the, even the disciples like, you could have sold that. That was worth a lot of money. You could have, you could have did this, you could have did that. And that's, I understand that. But when it comes to the beauty of who God is, when you understand the value that he holds in, in one's heart, it's like, I'll waste every last bit of it at his feet. Mm-hmm. I will waste every drop at his feet because it's not about all the other stuff. Like he's way more important than any monetary gain that I could ever come across. Mm-hmm. He's way more valuable. Mm-hmm. Way, so I like, like they said, like I'll waste it all. Mm-hmm. I will literally break open the box and waste it all. Yeah. Mm. Well, <clears throat> what's amazing. And I love it when I see this is people who have that mindset. I know that, that, that do develop, a following that do develop, you know, you get Instagram or Twitter followers. Cause like, those are the people that I believe are going to utilize that. And I see that happening with, like I've mentioned a few of you guys in, uh, in the Maverick city camps. Um, and it's been awesome to see, it's been awesome to see people with that heart of worship. Um, what in your opinion, so whether it be the camps, I know, like you said, Dante was the one who brought you in, uh, snuck you in even mm-hmm. under the radar and that led to promises being birthed. But like in your, in your estimation, and we've sort of circled around it, but what, what is it that it made, that makes Maverick city so special and unique and, and it, and has led to this rising now of popularity of the tribal videos and the Maverick city volumes and these pop-up uh, worship services and all that stuff. What is it that makes Maverick city so unique and special? Um, to me, it's the people. Mm-hmm. To me, I think what makes Maverick, spe- Maverick so special is the people that are, are involved in it all. Mm-hmm. Like you have like the Naomi's, you have the, the Mary Jane's, not Mary Jane's, Mary Ann, George, you mm-hmm. like MJ, you have yeah. the Majesties, you have the Dante's, the Chandler's, you have the Aaron's, you have the Carrington Gaines, the people like the, these people are what make it special because mm-hmm. everybody comes in with the same posture. Like we just want to love on God, regardless yeah. if these records ever go anywhere. We just want to get together with people that we love and care about and just go after it. Mm-hmm. Like, man, like every morning when we, when we do the camps, every morning we get together at nine, 930 and we just worship before we mm-hmm. ever cut a record before we ever talk about any songs before we ever do anything we like okay we're just gonna get in here we're gonna go after it because mm-hmm. the, like the first thing that is on our mind is lord what do you want to say mm-hmm. what do you want to what do you want to do if you want to just wreck us and blast us and nobody writes a single record that's fine mm-hmm. if you want us to just sit and sulk and just sit at your feet and, and, and take in new revelation and taking new perspectives about your goodness and that's fine like and I think that's what makes it unique because no one's, like you said, pressed to try to get a record out. No one's pressed yeah. to try to like make something happen. It's just like, nah, we're just gonna, whatever the Lord says, that's mm-hmm. what we're gonna go with. And if songs come out of that, great. If they don't, great. Either way, we could. So I think that that's yeah. what makes it special. And then whenever you put that on, on, um, on recording, if you, if you get that on video and you share that with the world, people feel that and they hear that. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just pray that it keeps happening, you know, and like this, this next camp coming up, that same spirit goes, but um, ultimately those of us who are on the outside looking in are, are, are hoping and expecting more and more songs to come out and, and, 
putting it on repeat on YouTube and Spotify and title and all that. So what I, what I want to do with you is something I, any chance I get to talk to a musician on the show, somebody who, who's written songs, um, I'm going to read to you a couple lyrics that either you've written or you've sung. Okay. And we're only going to do a couple. And I just want you to tell me as best as you can, kind of what was coming to your mind when you were singing those or writing those, or even now, like you said, maybe even, maybe even more now, like what, what comes to your mind when, when you hear these lyrics, but uh, the, the first one's from consume me, which most people mm-hmm. probably don't know, but you, but if you're listening to this and you haven't heard consume me, I think it came off of an EJM uh, album that you did a while back. Um, and it's an amazing song. And in it, you sang, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, longing to have more of you, and you have more of me. Words fail me. I don't know how to express my desire to be closer to you, but I'm here now with my hands lifted high and with tears in my eyes. Uh, I cry, and that's, that's consume me. So what, what comes to your mind now when you hear those words, or even if you can think back to when you were singing those, what was on Joe Barnes' mind? Um, desperation, man. <laughs> Man, we were just, I remember that season of my life, like the Ultimate Call, and Ultimate Call was basically the worship team that was with Eddie. So it was like me, Dante, Aaron, Jesse, yeah. Michelle, Ashley, uh, Nasha, Charity, like we were all just like in this, like we were just going after, we were just desperate. There would be times we would do sound checks, man, and in the sound check, God would just blast us and we wouldn't even be able to finish that sound check. We just all on the floor, just can't even get up, can't even talk because... God is just moving. And I think we were just desperate for the fire of God. We were just desperate to burn for it. Cause I think, I think what happened was somebody like spoke this word, like gave us like preached a sermon. We've heard so many sermons, yeah. but somebody preached a sermon. And one of the key things that they said is I want to burn for God in my eighties more than I did in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to have a fervency and be on fire more in my eighties than I ever did in my twenties. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's the perspective. Like mm-hmm. I want every day, like, like where I come from in this, in Kentucky, like the uh, seasoned saints would always say every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Mm-hmm. And I would just think about like that perspective. Like I, if it's sweeter than the day before, I want to be on fire more tomorrow than I was today. Like, how can I, I'm just, I'm just going to go as deep as I, as I possibly can. Like mm-hmm. that was the perspective and it's still the perspective to this day. It's just like, mm-hmm. Lord, don't ever let me get complacent. I don't ever want to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. To where I feel like, okay, I'm good now. Like I want to always be convicted to 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 learn something new about you, to go deeper into your presence, to to learn more about your goodness, and just always be attentive to the fire. I want to always be tending the fire that's on my altar. So mm-hmm. that that was the heart posture yeah. when I was singing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So can't 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 let you escape talking about the song that now, I mean, of course you are most well known for, but I'm fully expecting more and more of these songs to come out. So I think soon people are going to be talking about promises as the first song that they heard you sing, but uh, from promises, God from age to age, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove there's nothing you can't do. You're faithful and true. Then of course the, the refrain, the storms may come and the winds may blow. I'll remain steadfast. What, what sit, sit, sitting in that room with all the folks from Maverick City, or or when you're writing it, when you're singing it, what's coming out of the wellspring of your heart as you're writing those words? Um, God from age to age. Like I, I remember thinking what uh, 
I told you, like, I'm a, I'm a words person. I'm a quote mm-hmm. person. Like, so a quote that I will say right now is Stephanie Gretzinger. She said, I sing King of My Heart with such fire and such passion because I want the next generation to know mm-hmm. that God is good through the ages. Let that be the foundation that they build their lives on. I want that foundation to be laid so sturdy that they will, they will never waver. They will never doubt it. They will never question it. They will never be unsure or uncertain that God is good. And I remember thinking, I'm like, wow, she's a, she's a person that's marked to live a life that will set up the generations that are coming after her to be in a better position. So I'm thinking like, and I remember the scripture that's saying heaven and earth may pass away, mm-hmm. but his word will always remain. He places his word above his name. So if he said mm-hmm. it, he will honor it. Mm-hmm. If he said it, you can bank on it. If, you, if he said it, you can literally build your life on it. So it's like, though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. And your history can prove this. Mm-hmm. If you look through the, through, through the Old Testament, the New Testament, the, your history can prove this. Your track record is perfect. Mm-hmm. The promise was given to David that the temple would be rebuilt, but Solomon rebuilt the temple. It mm-hmm. was in the next generation. So even if it, even if you don't see it, mm-hmm. it will still come to. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Abraham never saw the promise of the generations, but mm-hmm. the promise still reigns true. You see what I'm saying? We're still living off of the promise that God made to Noah. That's why we see the rainbow in the sky, like that God would never flood the earth again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your history proves that there's nothing you can't do. Like I, it, it proves that if you said it, I can bank on it. I can rest on it. I don't even have to mm-hmm. like stress it or worry about it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that my humanistic nature doesn't like, doesn't like flare up and make me feel like ah, he might not pull. Th-. Like my yeah. humanistic nature does flare up. Mm-hmm. But in those times I will, I will make this, this declaration that I will put my faith in Jesus because he's my anchor to the ground. Like mm-hmm. all of that is what I was thinking when we were, yeah. writing that specific yeah. section. Well, dude, and it's amazing to me in, in, in a lot of ways, um, both of us being kind of like at that phase in our life where you're sort of expecting things to start happening for you, right? You're sort you're mm-hmm. sort of start expecting like, Hey, my, my work's going to start paying off. And for the Lord to bring about a chorus in your heart that begins to point you towards, Hey, it's not even about me. It's about generations to come. Like most, mm-hmm. most young songwriters most young pastors teachers speakers whatever we are are not focused on the next generation usually people don't start thinking about the next generation until they're on the tail end of their careers and so to me it's a confirmation of what the lord's doing in your life that that he's brought about this concern for the for these next generations these these promises like you've sung um and and i've heard you talk about that where you've said what was promised to one generation was not manifested until the next generation so we need to steward the promise even if we don't see it steward the promise in your season um and what an amazing thing like that is not what most worship leaders are thinking about bro like most worship leaders are thinking about me so so invest in these next generations then if someone's listening like how can they become you know multi-generational pastors multi-generational worship leaders to where they're not just worried about themselves because that's what i see in you and it's 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 very admirable especially coming from a younger guy who could who could be excused to say, Hey, this is about me for the next 10 to 15 years. So, so pour into this next generation for a minute. How, what, what would you tell them then to be focused on, to make sure that they're worried about the promises to come? I think that my thing is, is this, um, as it pertains to personal destiny, a lot of 
people are guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like I've had my season of being guilty. Like I think when I first started writing promises, I was like, God, I'm ready to see the promises you made to me. Mm-hmm. And that's when my spiritual father checked me. It was just like, mm, mm-hmm. you kind of got to be careful with the, the promises of Yahweh because that doesn't mean that you'll always see it. And you have to be, yeah. and he said, you have to think about the generations coming after you because that's when you're closer thinking like Yahweh. Anytime that mm-hmm. God give, has given a promise, he wasn't thinking about that one individual person he was giving it to. Mm-hmm. He was thinking about the generations that were coming after that person. Mm-hmm. And you're the one that I trust to steward it well for the generations that are coming afterwards. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, but the thing is, I don't want anybody to feel guilty about feeling, about being concerned with personal destiny. Because mm-hmm. you just didn't, like, it's, it's not like it's on your radar. It's not like, the, it's not like it's, like, out there for everyone to know, like, hey, you should be concerned about the generations coming after you. That's not, it's not, yeah. like, common knowledge. Yeah. Even in biblical history, God told Abraham about the generations that were coming after him that were going to be held captive for 400 years and stripped of their identity and all those other things. And the one thing he said was, will it, will it happen in my generation? Mm. Will I see it? No, you won't see it. Well, then I'm good. That's not okay. <laughs> like, right. no, I, how, if, instead of that, that posture, how do I say, God, what do I need to do to, so that that never happens? Mm-hmm. What giants do I need to slay today so that mm-hmm. they don't ever have to see it anymore? I'm going to just yeah. be very honest and frank. Like, my thing is I want to conquer and slay the giant of racism today so that yeah. my generation, that, so that the generations coming after me will never see it. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want, I'm sorry, I'm not about to get emotional. Good, do it, do it. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I don't ever want them to have to even, even think of, I want them to look back on my days and be like, wait, that was actually a thing? Yeah. That I, I don't even, I can't even imagine that happening. Right. But also on the other side, it's like, I want to steward my, my walk well enough so that they can see blind eyes open and, and the dead being raised and limbs going back and all of the signs, wonders and miracles. And it's a normality as opposed to a rarity. Mm. I want them to look back on my days and be like, wait, that wasn't happening as often as it does now. Like, I don't, mm. I, that, that's normal here. I'm like, well, in my generation, it wasn't. I want them yeah. to like, you see what I'm saying? Yes. yes. And that's, that's the thing. I, I just want, I would say yes to the obscure path. I will say yes to whatever challenges I have to face or whatever sacrifices I have to make so that they can literally live in a posture, live and build their lives on the foundation of God's goodness in mm-hmm. abundance, not in, in pockets and measures, but in abundance, like mm-hmm. to the where that they have to give stuff away. Cause like, I don't have any more room to, to take anything. Like I don't, I don't have like, please just take this with you. Cause I don't have any more space. Like I mm-hmm. want them to, you know what I'm saying? But yes. So what I would say is like, be willing to sacrifice personal destiny mm-hmm. for the sake of the generations coming after us. Because think about it, think about where we would be as a nation, as a people, all around the globe, if the generations that came before us were concerned about us to the mm-hmm. point that they were willing to sacrifice and make changes. Mm-hmm. They were willing to, to eradicate dark. They were willing to walk away from certain things and say no to certain things that would benefit them. But they're like, I could say yes to this. Yeah. But it would then cause me to sacrifice something for my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to have to live with the consequences of my decisions. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I want yeah. these, and that's the difference. Like, on a practical level, I could say it this way: my mother is a good example of this, because before any of my my siblings were ever thought about property or thought about houses, my mother took the time to buy three houses, four properties, and 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 taught us over time. Like, land doesn't move. If you mm-hmm. pay the property tax, if you take care of the land you'll have something for the generations. You'll have something for a legacy. Yeah. And before it was every year on our, on our grid, she made the decisions. So before we could ever even be grateful for it, I told her the other day, I'm like, I'm grateful 
that you took the time to sacrifice and put in the work to steward something before I could even recognize my need for it or recognize the concept of being grateful for it. Mm -hmm. she, she said, I did this because I want you guys to have something. You can always, one, come home. If anything out there in the world fails you, you can always have a place to come home to. You will yeah. never be homeless. Two, I'm setting this stuff up so that you can always have a source of income because if you don't want to live in these houses, you can rent them out as Airbnbs, you can rent them out as real properties, or you could sell it and keep mm -hmm. the land. Like you will always have income or you will always have a place to come home to. Like mm -hmm. that's the difference. And I'm like, that is a beautiful example of legacy. That yeah. is a beautiful example of thinking about the generation that are after her. Because yeah. she could have like, because the thing about it is if you steward it well, you'll benefit from it in your lifetime. She always has a place to call home right now too. Mm -hmm. But when she steps from this side of the eternity to the other side, she can't take any of that stuff with it. But what she can do is set up the next generation to be in a position to where they never have to worry about lack. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. Like, yeah, you'll benefit from it. You'll benefit from stewarding the, the promise well, but the abundance of it will be benefited from the generation coming after you. The man who created Walmart only mm -hmm. created Walmart, but his kids right. go on to create Super Walmart. Yeah. The man who designed, who, uh, who owns Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. You cannot buy the rights to Chick-fil-A. You, you can buy a franchise, but you can never own the actual rights to Chick-fil-A. He keeps it in his family, so his family has legacy. They can carry it through the generations. Like, that's the difference. We were never actually taught these things. Yeah. And that's what I would say to the generation that are uh, my age or older or mm -hmm. younger or whatever. Like, be mindful that the decisions you make today do not only affect you, but they affect your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Yeah. So be mindful about how you steward things and how you live your life and how you, when you have kids, how you train them up, how you, because the thing is, they're sponges. Mm -hmm. they're only going to see life through the lenses that you give them. And then the lenses will change over time as they gain mentors and friendships and relationships and all of that. But you are responsible for the initial lenses that they see the world through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's so good. I mean, uh, we can keep, we can keep going. I mean, that, no, no, <laughs> that's so good because like thinking about your mother in Kentucky, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So like, like what if the church, considered living life that way Man. you know what i mean like what what would happen you know yeah. and 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 i do think guys because how old are you like 28 26. 29 26 dude you're okay so first of all most people don't start thinking that way in their mid-20s so uh that says a lot about your mom too but um but I mean, like if, a, if this generation that's coming into maturity now, cause I'm 32, so I'm only just a couple years ahead of you. Um, like if we start setting that example of what does it look like to be concerned with generations to come into, and, and to also not despise the next generation, like too oh. often there's like, I'm sure it's the same in songwriting and in, in music it's just as it is in church ministry is like too often the younger generation is despised until there were the ones in power and then they despise the next generation, you know? And so if we can set that example of what does it look like to hand off well to, mm -hmm. to hand off an inheritance, um, yeah, we, can, we can see the world change, but, um, but dude, like the reason why I'm so excited to hear that come from you is because you are, you know, achieving something that I'm sure that you've, you've, you've desired, you know, in earthly success in in worldly mm -hmm. success. Um, and, you know, I think I, you, you mentioned one time you said, I hope I write songs that get awards because those are essentially just crowns and crowns are to be thrown at the feet of Jesus. Oh, man. Yes, I'm quoting sir. you, bro. I'm quoting you. Like, so like, man. but like, but so, so then talk to me then Joe, like, 
what are your goals? What are your plans for this next season of your life? Because I, I feel like you're primed for success. And the reason why I can celebrate your success and the things that you're setting goals after, you know, recording music with Sierra or Tasha, Tasha Leonard and, and all these things with Dante. The reason why I can celebrate your success is because I know those are going to be crowns that you're not going to put on top of your head. You're going to put them at the feet of Jesus. So let's talk about you for a minute though. Like what, what are you hoping for, for these next few years? Um, on a practical level, like, of course, like I would love to have like amazing songs being placed because that would mean that that's another source of income to obtain wealth. And I only want wealth so that I can have time mm -hmm. to, to invest in like the generations coming after me. I can have time to be to be married and have children, but mm -hmm. not have to go away for six months and then come back. Like, no, I want to be able to be in the house and watch my children grow up. I want to be in the house to, to wake them up every morning and stand them in the mirror and tell them to speak life over themselves before they ever go to school. So that no one, whenever someone tries to challenge them would otherwise, they can, they will never question it. They'll never think that they're less than because every morning me and my dad get up in the morning, look in the mirror and speak life over ourselves. Like I want time to do that in order to have time to do that. I need yeah. to obtain a certain level of wealth so that I can have time and I don't have to like go out and hustle and grind to get it. I can just be at home and rest yeah. with my children. So practically yeah. I want that, but on a spiritual level, I just want to love God the next season. Mm -hmm. Like I just want to create beautiful things with beautiful people. And honestly, if it never goes anywhere, then that's great. Cause yeah. I just want to love Jesus anyway with, I want to love the people that I'm around. I want to love God's people. Well, cause when you love the Lord, and you, when you love someone and you get close to them in communion, you burn for what they burn for. Mm -hmm. Your hearts become tethered and you burn for what they burn for. The one thing that God burns for is his people. Mm -hmm. For God was so obsessed with the world that he gave his only son. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he wanted communion. He built a garden while we built temples. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He built a garden to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day because his, his obsession was mm -hmm. man. We built temples later, but his obsession was with man. So when you understand... When you get in the face of the, of the Father and you, and you spend time with him in communion and your hearts become intertwined, you learn that God burns for his people. So mm -hmm. then you burn for them. Like the better way I can, the, the more practical way I can say it is like, as a man loves his wife, if a man is married to a woman and she's a doctor, but he's a songwriter, he doesn't understand anything about being a doctor, but because he loves her and their hearts are tethered, he burns for what she burns for. Mm -hmm. He'll begin to go to all of the seminars. He'll begin to look at her books and to try to help quiz her so she can be ready for a test. Like he burns for what she burns for because he burned, like their hearts are tethered. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, like, I just want to love God and love his people well and mm -hmm. create beautiful songs that, yeah. uh, that'll like bring people to the table of communion with the father and mm -hmm. love my family. Well, man, that's really all I want in these yeah. next 20 to 30, 40 to 50 years of my <laughs> life. Like I just want to, yeah. Yeah, man. And just set the next generation up to succeed and succeed yeah. well. Mm. Yeah, man. I, from my, from my point of view, I, I think it's going to happen for you. I pray it does. Um, but one thing I love about you too, and this is be how we finish up. Cause, uh, I know you got stuff to do to up down, really fun. but, uh, dude, every time I see you post on social media, you're with friends and, um, I know you're surrounded by talented friends and there's a network down there in and around Atlanta, in and around Maverick, EJM. And I know that you're going to enjoy this. Tell me and some of the people who are listening, who else they should be listening to. Um, like, Man. you know what I mean? So like, who's some people that we haven't heard of that we need to go follow on social media because 
they haven't written their promises or they, 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 they haven't, they haven't gotten to be known, but I, I, I love seeing the, the network that you hang around with. And I've just learned, I'm like, man, these are some talented people who love, love, love Jesus. So, so tell us some of, some of those folks. Man, I have a lot. I have a list of people. So first of all, if you haven't heard of Carrington Gaines, you need to go look him up. He's a phenomenal yes, songwriter, 100%. phenomenal artist. I love Carrington. Uh, my friend Calvin Lockett, who came out mm. with a song called Runaway, phenomenal. Uh, my friend Joshua Kenneth has some great uh, mm. records. If, yeah. Especially if you have youth groups that you kind of want to like, yeah. Uh, Joshua Kenneth is an amazing artist. His girlfriend Kyra Kelly is an amazing artist. Um, love her. She has an amazing voice. Her songwriting stuff is amazing. Um, Kayla Thompson is another artist that I love and I adore. She has an amazing pen. Um, a friend of mine named Tekna Obera, he's coming out with records soon. Yeah. I've been like helping him like figure out, man, it's phenomenal stuff. Uh, Lucas and Evelyn Cartagio, they wrote mm. a song called Make Room for Upper Room. Mm. Love, 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 love them. Uh, a friend of, oh, Jordan and Sasha Marcotte, they go by Marcotte. Mm. They're, they're a couple and they're a duo. They have some records that are coming out for the married yes. people so that, mm-hmm. that love Jesus and just like talk about all the different like amazing things about marriage and being in love with the Lord. Uh, Lauren Scott is an, another artist. Yeah. She's another artist that I love. She's coming out with some records. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anyone because <laughs> I'm, I'm just inspired by my friends. That's you know, what I'm saying, I, dude. I can tell. In my circle I can tell. Are, and you're are, unselfish. <sighs> like I, I see it. I see it. I'm like, I see the Man. pictures and stuff you guys post. I'm like, dude y'all just need to get together and start start writing and recording man 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 man, man. uh my friend mercedes <laughs> uh-huh she came out with some stuff um yeah yeah sadie may love her yeah. um trying to make sure i'm not forgetting any oh my sister charity <laughs> my sister charity she just she came out with a uh, song called faithful talking about god's nice. faithfulness love nice. love 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 charity um, awesome. I think that's it well, so far. I'll make sure I'm going to make sure to link to as to as many of those as I can, so people can. Oh go yeah, and if you discover need to, you can ask me now. I'll send you some links and stuff. Like sure, that, sure, so. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, man. Well, hey, seriously, I can't say it enough. Um, you're you're a unique young guy, and I and I'm you're not that much younger than me, so we're kind of right there at it at the same time. Mm-hmm. But you're you're a unique guy who, at a at a point in life where most of us are tempted to be selfish and I know you're tempted to be selfish too. You're, you're chasing after the things that the Lord's gifted you in and anointed you in, but for his glory and for our benefit and for that, um, I'm thankful for you. And I know that my listeners who, who are going to be really thankful for you. I'm excited to see what the Lord does through your life, what he does through your writing, your voice, Maverick city and everybody else involved. So I'm so appreciative that you took some time to be on the show today, brother. Thank you so, so, so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank yeah, you man. for having me on. Awesome, man. Well, ne- yeah, next time, in it, next time I'm in Atlanta, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get together. Please. We can go to a taco Mac and get some good wings or we <laughs> yeah. can go over to uh, your pie and get a, a good homemade pizza. Like, just yeah. let me know. For sure. For sure. Awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you.